Good morning, everyone. So good to see you. For those online, can't see you, but thank you for joining nonetheless. Uh, it's starting to get pretty cold outside, which uh, could, could mean one of two things. Snow is imminent, or of course, Christmas is around the corner. Um, so as we, as we look ahead, uh, hope that we keep Christmas in mind over the snow. Uh, one of those might make you happy, the other one might not so much. Uh, but as we go into uh, just worshiping God this morning, as we sing some songs, why don't you stand if you're able and uh, let's get into it. Behold the star of Bethlehem, the word of God has become flesh. And unto us a child is born, the Savior of this broken world. Oh, hear the angel voices sing, come let us adore him. Peace has come for our King is with us. Fully God and fully man, He comes for all with open hands. He rules with love on David's throne. All praise belongs to Christ alone. Oh, hear the angel voices. Sing, come, let us adore him. Peace has come, for our King is with us. And holy, 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 Jesus, we adore thee. Peace has come, for our King is with us. No, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Oh, hear the angel voices sing. Come, let us adore For our King is with peace has come. For our King is with us. Uh, we're now into week two of Advent, and so as we 
as we uh, go into singing this next song, uh, we're going to have Phil and Jennifer prepare just to uh, uh, light the candle and introduce uh, Advent for, for this week. It came upon the midnight clear That glory song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their harps of gold Peace on goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious King The world in solemn stillness lay To hear the angels sing Still through the cloven skies They come with peaceful wings unfurled and still the heavenly music floats o'er all the weary world. Above its sad and lonely plains, they bend on hovering wing. And ever o'er its babble sounds, the blessed angels sing. Isaiah 9, 2, and 6 and 7 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. The theme for this second week of Advent is peace. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom, points to something more than merely the absence of strife or conflict. A state of shalom true biblical peace refers to a state of completeness, a restoration of wholeness, the way God intended things to be, knowing deep down that despite what we see, all is right because he is here. As we celebrate the advent of Jesus, we celebrate the arrival of true peace, true shalom, for he is the Prince of Peace who restores all things to perfect wholeness. We no longer need to walk in fear, even in dark times, because the light of God's Son has dawned on us. The peace that is only available through Jesus is a treasure unlike any other in a world of conflict and turmoil. Because of Advent, or the arrival of Jesus, we can have peace with God and peace with others as we recognize Christ in them and share his goodness with them. Today, in the spirit of Shalom, we have collected more food for Kerr Street Mission. As we light this candle of peace, let us receive fully the gift of God's peace and commit ourselves to sharing that peace with others. 
Amen. I just, there is just so much richness in the carols that we sing when we look closely at the words. And so great to be able to sing that carol with you this morning. Why don't you say Merry Christmas to someone and wave as you're seated this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Great to see you. Welcome to Evangel this morning. Welcome those of you who are who are here in the building with us on this second Sunday of Advent. Welcome to those of you who are joining with us via the live stream. We're delighted that you're with us as well, and uh, we're just glad that you can be here today. And uh, we just want to extend a very warm welcome to those of you who are our guests today, who are, uh, are visiting with us. We're, we're glad that you're here, and uh, we just pray that you would enjoy, thank you, enjoy the service this morning, and uh, that God's presence would touch you in a very special way today. I do have a few announcements, but the first announcement, for those of you who may not have heard, on Monday morning of this week, Pastor Scott and Esther welcomed a brand new baby girl into the world, and... Um, so baby Piper was born on Monday morning, and uh, so we're just congratulating them and celebrating with them this morning. We're really excited about that. I have a few announcements this morning that all relate into Christmas, so if you'll just kind of bear with me and hang in there with me and listen closely, because it's really, some of these are really, really important that we, 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 uh, we know ahead of time so we can plan for them. And those that we might want to invite and be a part of them with us. But I just want to say before I begin to make these that this has been an interesting year because after two years of in and out of services and shutdowns and online only and then back in person, we've had a significant stretch now of, uh, of, of being able to gather in person. And this Christmas we're anticipating, uh, you know, praise God, that uh, we'll actually be able to gather on Christmas Eve and enjoy our Christmas celebrations together without interruption. And so, but coming into this, this year of coming, coming back into the normal routines required a lot of people to really step up and, and give their time. And, and uh, a few weeks back, we did a, a bit of a survey of you know, how many people in our congregation who are sitting here on Sunday morning are actually involved in serving and leading in some capacity. 
And we were probably not surprised to discover that about 70% of those of you who are here on a regular Sunday morning are serving in at least one, many of you in multiple capacities. And so I just want to say thank you to you uh, this morning because we really could not do this without all of you and how you serve and what you give back. And many of you are stretched across multiple platforms of, of service. And, uh, and we, we appreciate that and we value that and we value you. And I, I want to start by saying that. And so that leads into my first uh, announcement because a few months back when we were doing our September to end of January schedule, we were trying to decide with how we were going to schedule things for the Christmas season. And so in light of the fact that we know that many of our volunteers have worked hard there, many of them are tired and needing a break, we've decided to, to schedule, uh, schedule that into an opportunity for a break into our Christmas season. So uh, on Christmas Sunday, December 25th, we will not be having a service on Sunday morning nor will we be having an in-person service on January 1st. We will be having a live stream service on January 1st, but not an in-person service. And so that will give opportunity for worship team and hospitality teams, live stream, uh, tech, and all the others, kids ministry that serve on a regular basis to get that well-needed break in the Christmas season. Some are traveling, some are with family, and it will just give an opportunity for us to breathe and have a Sabbath, if you will, right in that time. So keep that in mind. So with that in mind, there will not be a service on December 25th, and there will be a live stream service only on January 1st. Now what that means in terms of offering, and many people are are concerned and interested in, uh, you know, certain giving levels within 2022. And so you can always give online right up until December 31st. And, but if you're, if you're planning to give in person, Sunday, December the 18th will be the last in-person opportunity that you will have in a Sunday service to, to bring your offering in. So just keep that in mind. On December the 18th, we'll be having a very special Christmas service morning. And uh, there are a number of people from our congregation who will be participating. We'll be doing, uh, you know, a large focus on music and Christmas. And, and at the end of that, we will be celebrating a Christmas social together as a congregation. So that will be on December the 18th. On Christmas Eve, December 24th at 6.30, we will be having a Christmas Eve service, Carols by Candlelight. And we would like to invite you and your family and friends and neighbors and anyone who would like to come to be a part of that. There is one other service that we're doing during the Christmas season, and Jennifer's going to come and talk to us about that this morning. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, I just wanted to mention to you a very special service that we will be doing on December the 21st. That is actually the longest night of the year, the shortest day, the longest night. And so similar to what we did back in 2018, we're going to have a longest night service to make space um, for the grief that so many of us um, feel at Christmas, acutely at Christmas time, for the different losses that we have gone through in our lives. Now, this service is not for people that have just lost a loved one in this past year. It is for anybody who has lost anyone over a number of years. 
who just feels that loss at Christmas time and wants to make a little bit of space for that because in a world where all is merry and all is bright and Christmas parties and fun and fa la 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 la, there's a lot of sadness in a lot of people's hearts. But we don't want to, we want to make space for that, but we want to also focus on the hope that we have in Jesus. So that service will be, I believe it's at 7 p.m. It'll be a one-hour service together, and it'll be very special. So if you could go online, um, we are looking for people to actually register um, online. Uh, if you go on our website, you can do that through Eventbrite. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. And if you would like to register by calling the office, you can call the office and our acting office administrator, I will take your call and, and <laughs> register you um, uh, if, if you're not able to do it online. So just, just make sure you do that and, uh, and we'll respond to that. Thank you, Jennifer. So as you can see, there are lots of things happening in the Christmas season and uh, this being the second Sunday of Advent, we've been tying in food donations and last week it was just overwhelming with how much came in and as I look back this morning, I see the same thing has happened again today as we focus today on canned vegetables and next week it's canned fruit and then the week after that, we're looking at canned soup. So thank you so much for how you've responded and what a blessing that's going to be um, to, I was just hoping to save all four weeks and put a little table here at the front, and then last week I realized, okay, we've already reached the table at the front, and we've reached the second table at the front, so we may have to deliver that sooner than, sooner than later. But, so thank you for that. Well, at this point, we have a really special um, event in our service, and we are going to be dedicating a very special little girl, and I'm going to invite Jonathan and Sophia and Gianna, if they would come forward this morning as they dedicate Gianna to the Lord today. Good morning. Welcome. And uh, welcome to your family and friends who are here today. Thank you for coming and supporting and, uh, and being here together um, with us today for this very special occasion. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we, we read about a woman who, uh, named Hannah who for a very long time waited to have a child. And uh, she prayed that God would help her to have a child, and God answered her prayer. And in verse 20 of chapter 1, it says, So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, because Samuel means because I asked the Lord for him. And so as I reflected on that this week, I, I was reflecting there because Jonathan and Sophia, you know, for you, you can relate to Hannah's story. You can relate to Hannah's story. And for many years, you longed for a child. And as we've talked and you've shared your story with me, you know, you, you wanted a child for so long, but there just, it was no success. And then, you know, you reached a point even where things seemed hopeless, like it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And then you had Gianna, right? And so that's, that's amazing. And so, uh, you know, she is your little miracle. And that's okay. Like, she's okay to be noisy and listen. Doesn't stress me out, the sounds of kids, and don't, don't, don't worry, we're, we're all good. So today, Jonathan and Sophia, uh, you know, you are taking the opportunity to publicly express your gratitude to God for giving Gianna to you. And in a world where many people are not thankful, who fail to express gratitude when good things are done, you're pausing in the middle of all of this excitement to say, God we recognize that she's a gift from you and we want to say thank you. We want to publicly 
acknowledge that. But they're also publicly declaring, because often people will say to me, well, can you dedicate my baby? I say, well, I'm actually dedicating, you're dedicating yourself to the raising of this child. That's how it's going to work. And so what you're doing today is that you're, you recognize your responsibility to raise Gianna in a way that helps her to realize the full potential of who God created her to be. You are going to go far, honey. You're going to accomplish a lot. And so I want to ask you today, to you, do you, Jonathan, do you, Sophia, vow by God's help and in partnership with your church community to provide Gianna with a Christian home filled with love and peace, patience, and raise her to see Jesus demonstrated in your lives every day. Amen. Well, I'd like to remind you that you're not alone in this endeavor, that you are surrounded today by your family, your friends, and members of your church family. Uh, and you guys, I think, hold the record for living closest to Evangel. You actually live in our backyard, and uh, you're surrounded by family, friends, and a church family that will help you and support you in your commitments that you've made, encouraging you along the way uh, to help you. Now, last week, we did a little test to see how Gianna would feel about coming to me, and I think it was very clear how that was going to work, and right now, I'm sensing that that hasn't changed. So what we're going to do is I'm going to let her stay with you, but you can see how incredibly beautiful and bright and energetic and in control this child is, and uh, we're going to pray for her, we're going to pray for Jonathan and Sophia and their family. So would you stand with me for one moment, please, as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this moment in time where we can stand here and publicly say thank you to you for this incredible miracle, this incredible answer to prayer of giving Gianna to Jonathan and Sophia, their child to love and to raise, and we just thank you for her. We thank you for all that she's going to be and all that she's going to do. We thank you for the potential that lies within her. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for her. We pray today for your hand upon her life. We pray that you would bless her. You would bless her with good health. You would strengthen her and help her to grow and be strong and, and that you would protect her and keep her from harm that you would help her to be the person that reflects Jesus Christ and to, to, to be someone in this world that makes a difference because she's here. And Lord, today I pray for Jonathan and Sophia as well. And I pray, God, that you would help them, give them wisdom and understanding, give them love and patience and kindness and grace. And Lord, I pray that they would lean on and rely on their extended family and, and their church community, that they would realize that, that we are in this together, that we are all invested in, in seeing God's best for Gianna. And so God, we pray today that you would help them, that you would bless them, and that you would remind them daily of their important responsibility in this, in the raising of Gianna. And so Lord, we thank you for these things. And now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we dedicate Gianna Grace LaSalva. Amen. Amen. All right. That wasn't so bad, was it? You can be seated, by the way. This is for you. God bless you guys. You're very welcome. My pleasure.
At this time, I just want to remind you, for those of you who have children, newborn up to age three, and you'd like to take them to our nursery, there is a nursery available at any time downstairs. You can take them there. Someone's waiting there to care for them. And at this time, children, JK to grade five, you can come over to the side, meet your volunteers over here, and head downstairs. And ushers, if you would receive our morning tithes and offerings, if you would prefer to give electronically, you can send an e-transfer to giving at epcoakville.com. Thank you. God bless you. I'll hand it back to Andrew. Rise in thunders roar. I 
will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood, and I will be still, know you are God. Are you saying Oceans rise and thunders roar. I will soar with you above the storm. And Father, you are king over the flood. And I will be still, know you are God. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus. Lamb of God, worthy is your name, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name, taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name, you are my all in all, and when I fall down, you pick me up, when I am dry, you fill my cup, you are my all in all.
And I will give you all my worship And I will give you all my praise You alone You alone And I will give so worthy, so worthy of our praise, that your name is above all names, that there is so much power in that name, and God, we we glorify you this morning, you're worthy of, of all our praise, of all the songs we could sing, of our whole lives, God. Thank you, God, that that you are the Prince of Peace. That you are in control, that that we can rest on you. We can know that that you are worthy, that you are able. So thank you for, for, for who you are, God. Thank you for your presence in this place this morning, God. God, I pray that, that you would just be with us the rest of the time that, that we are here, God, that as Pastor Shannon brings the word, the message that he's prepared, that you've been preparing for him, God. That we'd be encouraged or challenged or we would just be filled afresh, God, this morning. Thank you for all that you do in our lives, both seen and unseen, God. We know you are faithful. You are worthy. And just be with us here this morning, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people. 
from their sins. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. A phrase often associated with Christmas is, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, personally, I love Christmas, and I think you know that. And so this statement resonates with me. I would, I would agree. But the truth is, Christmas can be very stressful for many. There is increased financial stress as we're purchasing gifts and having to travel to be with family, maybe entertaining people in our homes, decorations. There's increased relational stress as people are forced, yes, forced, to socialize and spend time with relatives that they find it difficult to be with. Anybody here? You're not on camera. Anybody here have a relative that's difficult to be with? You understand what I'm talking about. There are demanding schedules. There seems to be so much going on in events that we're just exhausted trying to get to all the things. Christmas can be very stressful, can be a very exhausting time. Now, if you consider the biblical account of the birth of Jesus, you will see there very obviously and very clearly that stress and chaos have always been a part of Christmas, always been associated with the birth of Christ. We like to create this idea of lowing cattle and a peaceful baby that's asleep and a mother Mary just pondering all the wonders of all of this. But the truth is, the birth of Jesus took place in the context of stress and chaos and disappointment. And so today, as we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent, we refer to our Advent preaching series, and last week we launched that sermon series entitled Christmas Peace, focusing on the biblical account of the first Advent or the coming of Jesus, specifically words that we hear in each part of the story, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And so we, we, we read it last week in the story of where the angel came to Mary, we read it again this morning where the angel has come to Joseph. God's desired response to the coming of his son was not fear, it was peace. And so today we're going to consider the angel's appearance to Joseph in the dream. And because of Mary's pregnancy and perceived unfaithfulness, Joseph had decided to divorce her. And as we look at this scripture today, we'll be reminded that peace is more powerful than fear. Peace is more powerful than fear. So let's begin the story. It starts with betrayal, or a belief of betrayal at the least. Matthew's account of the Christmas story opens with telling us, quote, how it all came about, how it all came about. And we're reminded immediately and introduced immediately to Mary and Joseph and the complexity of their relationship at this time. It was a very complex relationship. Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married, and as we mentioned last week, engagement in biblical times was different than it is now. The fully, one thing is that you didn't hire like a professional photographer to record the spontaneity of the moment, but that's another story. To fully understand the implications of this, we need to understand the customs of the day. It was often the parents that would choose the wife for their son because she would become a part of their clan. 
And they desired that it be someone who would fit in with the mother and the other daughter-in-laws and the family as a whole. And so sometimes the son would give some input, but the final decision, the ultimate decision, belonged to the parents. In this culture at this time, people married young. The legal minimum age for a boy was 13 and for a girl it was 12. A dowry was provided to the father of the bride equal to the loss of a worker. Because in marrying off his daughter, he would actually literally lose a worker. And so sometimes goods and services would be exchanged instead of money if the person didn't have money. And we see an example of that in the Old Testament where we're told about Jacob who worked for seven years to, to well, actually 14, to, to actually end up with Rachel as his wife. After the agreement was reached that this would be the wife, the couple would be declared engaged. And during the engagement the groom prepared a place to live, often building on the family home, his parents' home, and the bride prepared herself to come and fulfill household duties because that's how it was in those days. During the engagement, they were referred to as husband and wife, even though the marriage had not yet been consummated. The engagement was legally binding, and, and, and it could only be broken by death or divorce. And on the wedding day, the groom and his friends would go to the bride's home dressed in their finest clothes to get the bride. She would then be brought to the prepared home, and the marriage would be official with the celebration. And so in this particular situation, there's a problem. There's a problem. Mary was already pregnant as a result of a miracle of God. She had been chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. Now, obviously... When Joseph found out that she was pregnant, his whole world crumbled because he assumed that she had committed adultery. It appeared as if she had broken their vows, that she had betrayed him, she hurt him, she humiliated him, and she disappointed him. Because he trusted her and he had made a commitment to her and now all of his dreams for their future together were broken by the very person that he loved the most, that he was committed to the most. It didn't matter that she didn't really break the vows. We have the benefit of knowing the story in its completion, but he didn't. And so to him, she had broken the vows and as far as she was concerned, That's what she'd done. She'd betrayed him. And the pain of betrayal was very real for Joseph. The second thing we see in the story is the dilemma that this created. Joseph has a real dilemma on his hands. He's wrestling with the right course of action. And he's stressed. What's the right thing to do here? Now, normally under these circumstances, the the path of action would be clear-cut. He would simply divorce her. And obviously, he could not commit his life to a woman who was unfaithful even before they were even married. But we're told that Joseph's character made the decision of what to do next difficult. We're told that he was faithful to the law. He was faithful to the law. And it's not talking about legal terms and in terms of government, governance, it means the law of God. And what it really means is that, you know, he lived his life by God's standards. Joseph, his whole life was shaped by God's word. 
And because he lived his life by God's standards, it shaped his character, which in turn shaped his, shaped his actions and, and, and his reactions. And so the normal reaction to this situation would be retaliation. You really hurt me. I'm going to hurt you back. I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to humiliate you because of what you have done to me. But his godly character would not allow him to react with pure emotion and and retaliation for the pain that she had caused. While he had every right to be angry and hurt and disappointed, his character dictated kindness, not hurt. Now, Joseph had options. He could marry her anyway. And if he married her anyway... Despite her perceived infidelity, it would appear as as if it was an admission on his part that he was actually responsible for the pregnancy. He could have her publicly humiliated and, in fact, even killed. The law made provision for an adulterer to be publicly stoned to death because adultery was such a big deal in this culture. But our scripture says he was unwilling to disgrace her publicly. In other words, he was unwilling to take delight in her being So he's wrestling through this dilemma. And this is where he settles. The law also provided a means for a quiet, private divorce that didn't involve the public humiliation. And so because Joseph was kind and because he was a godly man, he decided that this is the best route to take. This is the route that he would take. It would not be an easy choice, but he believed it was the right choice. And thirdly, we see peace. Joseph decided to do what made sense to him, what he felt was the right thing to do. But Joseph made that decision in the absence of understanding everything that was going on. And so God, who was responsible for this whole situation, I might add, intervened in the story and sent an angel, a messenger, to speak to Joseph in a dream. And as we focused on, as I mentioned earlier, the angel spoke to Joseph and said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, I believe the angel chose these words for two reasons. Number one, I don't know about you, but when an angel visits me in the middle of the night, you know, that would be, that would be a little bit scary and you'd be afraid. So the fact that there's a heavenly being who appears in your room with an announcement, you know, just calm down, it's okay, don't be afraid. But I think there's more to it than that. Joseph's decision to divorce Mary was significantly connected to fear. He was afraid of what others would think. He was afraid to trust Mary. He was afraid of Mary's potential fate. He was afraid of the future. And so the angel informed him, said, Joseph, you need to understand that that Mary's telling you the truth. She's telling you the truth. The child she's carrying is a miracle of God. And you need to believe that, Joseph, and you need to understand that, and you need to stay with her, and you need to marry her, and you need to not be afraid to do that. The messenger of God said some things that would help convince Joseph to stay with Mary. And again, I just keep thinking how happy I am that we did the David series just before Advent. 
how they've meshed together, it really wasn't intentional on my part. But it just meshes so well. He says, Joseph, son of David. Genealogy was very important to the Jews. Without genealogy, one couldn't prove their right to their inheritance. They couldn't prove their family position. Matthew begins his gospel with tracing the genealogy of Jesus, our favorite part of reading Matthew. Because it was prophesied that the Messiah would come through the lineage of David. And we saw in our last week in the David series that God made a promise to him. Your throne will never end, David, that from your dynasty will come the Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. And so the angel reminded Joseph that, Joseph, you're in the line of David. Helping him to see that he was a part of something far greater than he would have ever imagined. And then the angel said, and by the way, the baby's name is going to be Jesus, which means the salvation of God, and we're going to name him Jesus because this child is going to save the people from their sins. Joseph was familiar with the prophecies regarding the coming salvation of Israel, the Messiah. The angel was connecting the dots for him, that this child was the long-awaited one, that what Joseph had interpreted this situation to be, he had missed it by a million miles, that he, he, did, he wasn't seeing, that this was all God's promise that Joseph himself had longed for as a Jewish person. Matthew informs us that all of this took place to confirm the prophecy of Isaiah that a virgin would give birth and a child And the child would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he immediately did as the angel commanded him. He took Mary home to be his wife. His disappointment and his turmoil were turned to peace because he now understood That God was in control of all of this, despite how things appeared and seemed to him. As we reflect on this part of the Advent journey today, there are two observations that I would like to draw from our scripture. The first is in terms of response. I believe it would be safe to say that all of us in this room, all of us who are watching via live stream, at some point in our lives have been deeply hurt and disappointed by the actions or the perceived actions of another person. And when we experience disappointment and hurt, like Joseph, we then face a dilemma of grace. What should we do? What should we expect How should the person be held responsible and accountable? Should they even be punished? We struggle in our response sometimes because we want those, let's be honest, we want those who've hurt us to pay for what they've done. We want those who've hurt us to pay for what they've done. We struggle sometimes because of what others are going to think of us in light of what's been done. Maybe we're not the ones who did the wrong thing, but but the humiliation of it and the attention of it has been reflected on us and and we struggle with, you know, what are others going to think about us in light of what that person has done? 
We struggle because we want something to be made right that we're not sure can even be made right. Our struggle with how to respond appropriately will most often rob us of peace like it did with Joseph. It creates a dilemma. And as followers of Jesus, how we respond to others who disappoint us, how we respond to those who let us down and those who hurt us and those who even have betrayed us, how we respond is shaped by the grace that we've experienced in our own lives. We may not want to hear that. We may not want to confess that. But, but the truth is we know that that's, that's God's intention. Because those who are recipients of God's grace, when you've known that in your own life, when you've experienced that in your own life, you are more inclined to demonstrate God's grace to others. In fact, the Bible tells us that those who do not forgive have never really received forgiveness from God themselves. That it's an indicator that those who are unable to forgive are those who've not really experienced forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that what we've experienced hurts us less. It means that God's grace in our lives shapes how we demonstrate grace to others. It's important to understand that by demonstrating grace, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't hold people accountable for their actions. Yes, people need to be confronted when they do wrong and when they hurt us. They need to repent for the wrongs that they've done. They need to understand that their actions have damaged the relationship and the trust and the future. But like Joseph, there is a peace that comes to us. By doing the right thing, even though it doesn't change the fact that we have been disappointed and hurt and betrayed. Secondly, there's a reminder here. I think it would be safe to say that for most of us, and I include myself always in my preaching, for most of us, life often turns out different than we hoped different than we planned or dreamed. But that doesn't mean life is hopeless. It's just different. And God is the master of bringing good out of a bad situation. That's, that's my testimony. That's my experience. And I know many of you would, would be able to say the same, that God is the master of bringing good out of bad, out of pain, out of difficulty. God reminded Joseph that what appeared to be hopeless was not hopeless at all. God reminded Joseph that even though he had experienced deep pain and disappointment, he, God, was still very much at work in his life, in Joseph's life. And he was in control, even though everything seemed out of control. And so I believe that God wants to remind us of the same in this Advent season. Your, your life may be filled with disappointment and pain, and, and your life may be a long way from where you set out for it to be. It may complete, you may be sitting here today or listening online and say, my, hope, my life is just completely hopeless. It's a mess and it's hopeless. But God wants to remind you and me today that he has a plan. 
God has a plan for you. God, and the plan is unfolding despite how things appear. Your life is not hopeless because God is at work in your life and God is in control. We don't have to be afraid of the future. We don't have to be afraid of the perception and the disappointment of others. We don't have to fear the changes or the circumstances that we're facing because God is in control. Emmanuel, God is with us. It wasn't just in that moment, in that announcement where Jesus was born and God was with us and now God no longer is. Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. God is still with us. We are never alone. God has promised to never leave us. And so we have a choice to make today of trust. Do we trust God or not? Do we believe that our lives and our future are secure in Him, not in others, not in our circumstances, but our hope is in Him. You see, because peace comes when we understand that God is in control, that He's still working, that the story is still unfolding, that it's not finished yet. Peace comes when we understand that. I'm going to invite our worship team back. Folks, Christmas has always been about peace in the midst of stress. Peace in the midst of chaos. Peace in the midst of the deepest of our disappointments and our betrayals. And even though our stressful circumstances plunge us into disappointment and despair, we can find peace when we're reminded that God is still at work that he's in control, that he hasn't left us. Peace is more powerful than fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Our worship team is going to lead us this morning. If you're here today and you would like someone to pray with you, I'm going to step down here at the front in a moment while the worship team leads us. And I'm going to have all of you stand with me. In fact, you can, you can stand now, please. And if you'd like someone to pray with you, if you'd like me to pray with you, I would like to invite you to just to slip out of your seat and come meet me there. And I will privately and confidentially pray with you. Encourage you this morning. Andrew, I'll leave it to you. Like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my Lord Thou hast taught me say it is well it is well with my soul and it is well with my soul 
is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. And it is well with my soul. And it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, know oh, the bliss of that glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the Jesus, this morning, we just thank you that in the midst of whatever we are facing and going through at this particular moment in our lives, we can have the peace to know 
that it is well. That while the world around us rages out of control, circumstances rage out of control, there is a steadying peace within us that we can't even begin to explain or understand because of you. And we are thank you for that peace that only you can bring to our lives. So thank you in coming to be God with us is coming to bring peace to us. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for each and every one today that are in this service or watching via live stream. I pray, God, that you would strengthen and comfort them. You would help them. You would encourage them and help them to see you and experience you in the midst of this Advent season. And Lord, as we leave this place today, may we be, Lord God, with those around us. That Jesus living through us, making a difference in the lives of those around us who are broken and hurting and longing and searching for peace. So we pray that today. Lord, we leave this place. May your blessing rest on us. Thank you that we could be here today. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Have a great week.